Hola, I'm Melissa B. Cartwright, voice and performance coach and Latin creative with over 20 years of professional singing experience and encouraging others to do the same. I believe that both mental and vocal preparation is key to creating confident performing artists. You'll hear stories and advice from me and my guests that will make you think, it'll make you laugh, but most importantly, it will make you walk away saying, phew, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, y bienvenido to Cafecito with the Coach. Hola, my friend, and thank you so much for joining me for episode seven. I never take for granted the fact that you are pushing play, that you've decided to invite me into your world in whatever way, shape, or form to share these honest conversations about us as performing artists and as human beings right? We're humans first before we're anything else. And this conversation today is a topic of conversation that I find in my circles a lot, especially when I'm working with discouraged singers in my studio, or I'm just having conversations with friends who also sing or perform or they're experiencing a little bit of burnout in whatever profession that they have, right? And it's this notion of taking breaks, saying no to things that we thought we always wanted. And we I hinted at this a little bit in my conversation with Allie Tyler. You can check that out in episode six and how those moments of pause can really give way to some brilliant creativity, to some brilliant ideas, to finding our way again back to ourselves. And I want to share a little bit of my story of how I have made decisions here in the last couple of years where I have seen, I have given myself space, (laughs) let's put it that way, space for other things to flourish. Because had I been on the hamster wheel, had I continued to go 90 miles an hour in whatever it was I was doing, there would have been no room to discover some of these other things, some of these other blessings in my life, both personally and professionally. So I'm actually going to start professionally as a performing artist, as a singer. For years, I've had a dream of actually recording my own album. And I actually put that on the back burner, obviously now for almost 20 years, mainly because I had an internship at a radio station and at a music television station. And the dream kind of just morphed. It wasn't that it was snuffed because yes, I did see things in the industry that really turned me off. I saw the hustle and I saw the bureaucracy. Yeah. Say that three times fast. And so sure. There were some things where I was just like, eh, I don't know about this. <laughs> or there were other things I was exploring. That was a time in my life too when working in professional theater was really flourishing for me. And I was so grateful for all of those doors and opportunities that I had to work on my art in that manner. But over the years, I have written music. I have tons of things stashed away that nobody's ever heard. Or I've written music for worship settings in church. I've made arrangements for educational purposes and my own music teaching with, with, you know, middle school and high school students. And even for my own students inside of my, you know, voice studio. But I have neglected writing for myself, right? Just writing for myself for a long time. 
Lately, well, actually very recently, just a few months ago, at the beginning of this year, I had to make a really hard decision to walk away from a project that I'd been working on for a couple of years where I was composing music with a friend and collaborator on a musical. And it was a beautiful process. I was so honored to be invited that my friend invited me to join her along this journey. It really showed me what I was capable of, you know, composing music for musical work. What? And I did. <laughs> and there were things that I wrote that I can still look back on and celebrate and, and marvel at. Like, wow, wow, that actually came out of me. But here's where the rub came. And so many of these experiences, I don't know if you experience the same kind of internal conflict when you know that you're starting to do something that is no longer aligned with what it is you want or no longer aligned with who you are. For me, I am diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and I've, that's a, a, I'll still call it a recent discovery just in the last two years. But thanks to that, I have learned that when something feels off, when my spidey senses start tingling, for me, it always happens in my body. That's where I feel the conflict first. And then it's like I start paying attention to either the ruminating or the anxious thoughts and all that stuff, right? So for a long time, every time I sat down to work on this particular project, it wasn't that I I have a wonderful relationship with my collaborator. It wasn't that anything was said or done to offend me or whatever. But all of a sudden, I started feeling the anxiety in my body, (laughs) I had no zero inspiration left. And I knew that I came to a place where I had given everything I could give. I think mainly too, I was invited onto this project after its birth, basically. My friend and collaborator had lived with this project for a number of years before she invited me on to join her. So oftentimes, and you might find this to be true as a songwriter, and especially if you're songwriting in a, in a collaborative process, if you're invited after the project has begun, you might feel some conflicts with, well, this has already been rolling. Does my style fit this project, right? Do what, what is it exactly that I have to give? And I started feeling that mainly because I had evolved as a human being. I had evolved as a person. I had been taking care of my mental health, my physical health in a brand new way that I can delve into a little later. And the person that started this project with my friend, I was no longer that person. And sometimes that does give way to a fresh creativity in the collaboration process if it works, right? If you feel like you're both moving in the same direction, that could actually work beautifully. The problem was is that I felt like I was moving in a different direction creatively. And there is this line, if you've seen the movie Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix starring Andrew Garfield and spoiler alert, okay, because I'm going to give you <laughs> something that happens at the end. His portrayal of Jonathan Larson, he's just written a show and his agent doesn't seem to be all that cracked up about all the blood, sweat, and tears he has just poured into this workshop where he presented his show. And she leaves him with this thought, this sentiment, and she says, hey kid, write what you know, 
write what you know. When I saw that movie and heard that line, I like burst into tears. (laughs) I was like, what's wrong with me? I knew that something had pinged like my heart, mind, and soul. I'd already been feeling this internal conflict. And that for me was like a confirmation of what's feeling weird, what's feeling out of alignment is that I'm no longer writing what I know. I'm writing to make sure that my collaborator is pleased with my work. I'm writing to make sure that it fits her vision of the piece. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that in a collaborative, in a collaboration process, especially when, you know, there's a, you're both agreed on the end goal. But for me, it felt like it didn't feel like me anymore. (laughs) It didn't feel authentic. And I think it was the beginnings of me paying attention to this cry of getting back to what feels good to me. Gosh, I could almost get emotional thinking about it. Because for years, I have poured into creative pots, right? Creative jars that encouraged people, but there was a sense of neglect, a sense of I was sacrificing something of myself to to make other people happy. And so much of the internal work that I have done from a mental health standpoint is is this whole notion of being the happy girl. Like, I can't let anybody know that I'm upset. I can't let anybody know that I'm sad. I'm the cheerleader. Everybody knows me as the cheerleader. And once I peeled back those layers and reached this new sense of authenticity, if I continue to write, to create to sing from that standpoint, I was starting to get angry. (laughs) I was starting to get really agitated because it no longer came from a place of true authenticity. And I've done too much work, too much good soul work to continue to function out of that, right? So yeah, thanks for sticking around. (laughs) Thanks for sticking with me through this. I didn't realize that this would affect me in a way. I think it's still... It's still so fresh because I have made strides this year to invest in professional development and in resources for female musicians, for female songwriters, for female music makers, because I am getting back to hopefully releasing an EP, maybe even this year. I'm going to put it out there. (laughs) So hold me accountable. Ask me questions about it. I've carved time into my schedule. I've put stuff on the calendar where every Wednesday afternoon, non-negotiable, non-negotiable, that is my music time. I don't schedule lessons during that time. I don't know. It's me time. And it's a fresh commitment to writing music that I know and love. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to collaborate again with my friend because we have other ideas that do feel more like me, right? Or that I'm not going to ever collaborate with anybody. That's, that's silly. But it's just a renewed commitment to paying attention to the things that feel like me, you know? And so if you're hearing this and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh, my friend, whew, feel free to reach out to me. <laughs> Send me a message on Instagram. Let's chat because I completely understand how scary it can feel to finally admit that, 
And then where do you go from there? And I would say, get back to the music, the creative processes that feel, feels like you've just walked away from, I don't know, going to a party or going for a walk or doing something that you enjoy, you know, because those things that fill your cup, pay attention to that. Whether it's the same movie you always go back and watch, the same song that you're always wanting to sing, pay attention to those patterns of things that spark your joy, that spark the creativity. So the other face of of getting back to the things that feel like me and to say no for a better yes as a teacher, I did the same thing this year. I have taught voice for close to 12 years now. I took a gap. I, I took a little bit of a break because I was also having babies and everything, but I've been teaching consecutively now for close to nine and a half years. This past year in 2022, I made one of the biggest shifts in the way that I structure my studio and my teaching. I used to teach 30-minute lessons, just 30-minute lessons for as long as I can remember. It was the first time that now I offered 45-minute lessons, hour-long lessons, fewer slots, raising my rates, offering more online courses and memberships, and really, again, experimenting and playing with what could this look like? What if, as an entrepreneur, I am building my studio to meet my life goals, my life dreams, and not allowing my business to run the show? That is a dance, my friend, especially if you are doing something that brings in, brings home the bacon, like they say in the United States, you know, is a main source of income for your family. That, that's a dance, isn't it? But with the help of Allie Tyler, who you heard in the last episode, who is my business and marketing coach for voice teachers and, and so many other people who have poured into me their wisdom and their guidance, I had the courage. I had the courage to say, to let go, basically, of students or singers that I've worked with that I knew wouldn't necessarily be on board with this new direction. And did that hurt a little bit? Well, yeah, because as a coach and as a teacher, as a mentor, you want to help everybody. (laughs) You want everybody to come along. But I had to come at, you know, be at peace with saying no, no to quantity and yes to quality, to teaching in a way and teaching people who I knew were my ideal clients. And can I just say that I can walk away from every lesson, from every coaching session, not feeling as though my energy is drained, but rather my cup is filled. And I get home and I, and I walk into my house and my family can tell, oh, she's had a great teaching day. <laughs> and it's not that, you know, things don't happen or we don't have mishaps, but to know that that, to be able to say that that's the norm is huge. When for a while there, it felt like a grind. It felt like, oh, I'm just doing this to help my family with some income. And I'll be honest, when I first started teaching lessons many moons ago, it wasn't that I had this dream to be a voice teacher. It was, I need to do what's easiest to help my family. (laughs) And that's where it started. But thankfully, that the more I did it, 
the more I realized, wow, this is a powerful way to use what I've been given and to pay it forward and work with singers and see them come alive when they find out, wait, I can do this? Wait, this is what my voice is capable of? Wait, you mean it's okay to make mistakes? You mean I don't have to sing, you know, from the 24 Arias book in order to take a voice lesson? (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about if you've been a voice major, all right? Not knocking my classically trained friends. I came from a classical background. There were benefits, but there's also so many other ways to go about it, to go about it and and to provide a place for discouraged artists to be like, wait a second, wow, this is different. I can sing what I want. I can sing the music that I love. And wow, that, talk about a better yes. Not just for me personally, but also for every singer that I encounter and have the honor and the privilege of working with. So how does all of this play into my personal life? You may be asking. It's like, well, that's great, Mel, but mm, what are are you doing when you're not working? What are you doing when you're not recording this podcast? Well, like I mentioned before, I've had to put boundaries in place to protect my mental health. This means that Unfortunately, there have been relationships in my life that have dissolved, that have dissolved because, like I said, I am, I'm not the same person. I won't put up with, uh, how do I phrase this? <laughs> Certain ways of communication that are unhealthy. There are ways of being spoken to that I no longer put up with. Um, activities that I no longer participate in because now I know they're actually pretty doggone draining. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And I know that's very nuanced and generalized. Uh, but I also want to be discreet. Okay. I can say too, that I'm reading more. I never grew up as a bookworm. Okay. That was never really modeled for me either. But as an adult, I've really embraced Uh, reading more for pleasure versus, oh, I'm just reading for professional development because I have to. Reading for pleasure, um, journaling more. And I grew up in a faith practice where, you know, journaling was so, uh, I'll just say over-spiritualized. If you weren't doing it, you were also made to feel as though like you weren't a good enough like Christian or you know what I mean? Like it was so nuanced into your own personal spiritual practice that for years I like, I didn't do it almost out of rebellion. Like, oh, everybody's telling me to journal. I don't want to. (laughs) And let's be honest, life didn't really allow me to. As a young mom with kid, with little ones, uh, you know, a life transition in our in our home where we were moving out of state to a new location and all the things. I'm sorry, I was exhausted at the end of the night or early in the morning. But now I can say that in this season of my life, it actually has helped my anxiety management. I do make time, all right? So I don't turn on the TV first thing in the morning to watch the news. I am giving myself some stillness to be able to write because if I can't get out the door and immediately go exercise or go for a walk, it's another form of a somatic experience for me to actually write out 
my thoughts. And this really came to life for me when I went through um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron and the whole practice of morning pages. Because then it wasn't like this pressure to write out something beautiful, write out something that was grammatically correct. It was wor- more It was more like word vomiting onto the pages, whatever was in your head. It's not meant to share with anyone. You know, when I, when somebody, I don't, it's, I don't know, maybe I just needed to read that it was okay to do that and to not make it everything look pretty and just go for it, go to town. Can I just say it was a cathartic experience for me, you know, so making time, saying no to immediate electronics and things like that, which is still a dance, especially as a business owner, when you're in an online world and you have to use those devices to market yourself, right? So the stillness the putting away, you know, having my kids say, mom, can you get off your phone for a second? I mean, just having those checks and balances in place to tune inward and clear the noise so that you can actually pay attention to what's going on in your head, right? And in your heart. And when you, when you can tune in and listen to your thoughts and make space for that, That is where the ideas and the creativity can also flow. And I also want to say, I think this is pretty important to say, right? Because sometimes there's this pressure for performing artists like us to always be in creation mode. That any form of stillness, anything we write, anything we say, that all of life is content, Hmm? right? Like, ooh, that would be a good post. Yes, we can, because we're pretty awesome that way. (laughs) But can I challenge you and encourage you today? And this, and I, I'm saying this out loud for myself as well. Sometimes we just need to write something for the sake of writing without it having to turn into an idea for something else, for another piece of art. Yeah. If we feel as though later on there's another season or another time where that can become a song, a moment, a TikTok, a reel (laughs) that you want to share, cool. But I think we can also swing the pendulum in the opposite direction if everything we're doing, writing, saying, creating, singing becomes potential content. Yeah. I think I needed to say that out loud for myself as well. Like I have on my phone, you know, my, my notes, I have something that I write down so that when I do have an idea, whether it is for a potential song, a marketing idea, something I want to bring into my lessons that reminded me of something a student did that I wanted to encourage them with, of course, I need documentation. <laughs> I do need a document and so that I don't forget it later. But maybe for today, let's both try something where we sing We write, we read, we do something that's just for ourselves without the pressure of having to share it. Yeah, without the pressure of having to share it. I think that nurtures our artistic souls, our hearts for whatever it is we need to do for the day. In fact, just thought about this. I'm going to share it with you too. Maybe it's something that you can try as well. When I was a little girl, even through my newlywed days, (laughs) I would shut myself in my room, turn on music and dance my heart out. 
or sing my heart out or do both of them at the same time, right? Um, So much so that my parents would have to knock on the door, hey, time for dinner. And I did this, like I said, even into my newlywed days when if I got home from work before my husband did, I was blasting music in our living room and singing and dancing before he got home. And I don't know if it's just life. I mean, if he were to do that, I mean, if I if I did that today and he walked in on me, it'd be cool. He knows me, right? Like he knows what he married into. <laughs> but I've made a commitment at the start of this year to sing at least once a day or once every other day just for me, right? So before I start lessons, maybe after I finish lessons or whatever it is I'm doing, like I, I'll play a karaoke track or I'll just play a little something on, p- on the piano that I'm not going to document, right? It's not going to become future content. <laughs> it may not even turn into a future song, but I'm getting back to that inner child, Melissa, you know, that would dance her heart out, would sing her heart out just for the joy of it just for the pleasure of it. And in order to make room for that, it means, yeah, maybe I'm just going to make a commitment to getting back into my studio space or coming over to my studio space a few minutes earlier than I normally would before I get ready to teach so that I can do that for myself. And I'm not always singing through something that's for my quote unquote job. That's for even my own art my projects, right? And so I'd love to hear about if you're committing to this, if you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to join Melissa, let me know. Send me a message over on Instagram. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's, I don't even want to call it that. Maybe just a friendly check-in of, hey, you know, how have you nurtured your soul with something artistic that you don't have to produce or turn into something later on? Simply because, right? Getting back to the simplicity of singing just because it feels good, writing something because you just simply found it to be beautiful and nothing else. And then if you feel led to share that with the world, that is up to you. But at least it'll come from a place of joy and of authenticity versus it coming from the pressure to create because I got to meet a deadline right? We all understand that. (laughs) We have so much of that anyway, especially if we're performing artists who are gigging all the time and, you know, we're practicing and rehearsing because we are preparing something and we want to do it with excellence. But maybe for today, let's just get back to singing because it feels good. If you're feeling good right now, if you're feeling seen and you feel like You just needed somebody to confirm this for you. I would love to continue the conversation, like I said, over on Instagram. You can also send me an email. I'll put all that in the show notes. And if you're finding these cafecitos encouraging, would you mind leaving a review? Um, Podcast Land loves that. (laughs) And it's also a way to connect with you as well. Again, my friend, thank you for taking time out of your day to, to join me and to join in this honest conversation that we can have together. For more information on ways that you can enhance your voice and performance journey, visit mbcperformance.com. Hasta la próxima.